I admire your bravery in regards to taking all of these, for lack of a better term, shitty situations and these 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 forcible things on you and you and you saying, you know what, that's not me. This is who I am. This is where I feel most comfortable. And matter of fact, I'm going to separate myself completely and put myself in an environment that that's new to me. That's when I allow myself to grow. So welcome back to another episode of the Color Reimagined Podcast presented to you by People of Color Clothing. Today we sit down with JC and talk about adoption, growing up in an extremely closed-minded religious household, breaking away from that, and him now discovering himself as a trans man. Stay tuned. The goal of this project, Jace, is basically um, taking from the, the People of Color Clothing ecosystem and finding voices that um that kind of align with certain topics that we kind of want to illuminate and talk about and um i appreciate you taking the time to step up and say hey i want to be a part of the podcast um i want to lend my voice to um set topic and i'm excited to have you so welcome to our um the color reimagined podcast presented to you by people of color clothing i'm excited to hear your story right i'm excited to hear um who you are what you represent um, your vision, your experiences, and what you want the world to know about Jay. So, um, hopping in right into it, kind of tell me like, who are you? Where are you from? Yeah, tell yeah. me a little bit about yourself. Um, well, I was originally born in like the Southern California area. Mm-hmm. Uh, I grew up there till I was about fourteen. Uh, moved to Arizona, uh, and recently moved to Oregon. <laughs> Which is where I am now. I've been here for about five, six-ish months, six-ish months. Mm-hmm. Um, I I uh, identify as like a trans man of color, uh, he/him mm-hmm. pronouns, um, and I also uh, use like first-person language with uh, like being autistic. Um, uh, so those are just like my preferences. Um, so yeah, that's kind of just like the very quick like headline <laughs> uh, that's dope so kind of get on to, to the back end of of your i guess state to state journey um what prompted you to, to end up in oregon um i mean i never like had a specific plan to like end up in oregon um but i was pretty much just trying to get out of like a not great home environment and mm-hmm. the best opportunity happened to be in oregon so I'm like, I decided I was gonna move and then like less than three months later, I just worked to make it happen. That's what's up. That's what's up. Welcome to Oregon. You know what I mean? I'm gonna transplant my transplant myself. I've been here since 2016. Oregon's a pretty cool, cool place. Yeah. yeah, I definitely have been like really taking the opportunity to appreciate just the natural beauty of Oregon itself. Um, and kind of like reconnecting with myself through like those avenues that weren't necessarily available in the same ways kind of in the areas of like california and arizona that i had uh, previously been living in so kind of like the new freedom too um and i saw that you checked off the box as being adopted um as a person of color by white individuals so let's kind of hop into that like what did that like can you say can you kind of take us to the beginning of that process like what yeah. when was it what did it look like you know why um, um if you know why and, and you know break it down yeah for sure uh so i was adopted as a baby uh so very okay. very young um and it was one of those things that my parents never like hid and like obviously like you mm-hmm. go to like family events and you're like the only brown kid there <laughs> 
Yeah. Um, and so at first it's very much like, and my parents are also extremely religious and I grew up in a very closed religious environment. Mm -hmm. um, and so a lot of the, uh, like how others who are not adopted, but like view adoption is kind of like, oh, well, we're all adopted by Christ. So, you know, adoption is always very positive. It's very much on kind of like the adoptee to express like feelings of gratitude and um, kind of like, wow, like not only were you like adopted and like not aborted, cause like, it's kind of like, that's a popular kind of to hand in hand mm -hmm. term, even though it's not like, second option um at all uh and also like oh and you were adopted like into a like loving christian family too so you're like extra blessed mm -hmm. yeah um so i mean i definitely grew up uh just trying to be like yeah I, you know feeling guilty of having questions um a lot of like emotions that i couldn't explain or understand at the time um, feeling uncomfortable at like family gatherings and not knowing why I was feeling so uncomfortable. Um, uh, and kind of just like, it's, you feel as if you're being dismissed, uh, when you kind of like try to talk about that stuff, but then mm -hmm. you also feel as if like the grown-ups or the adults are making very valid points, you know, like, oh yeah, maybe I should like be grateful and just like stop complaining and things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it was definitely something that I was, it definitely affected me very much so internally, but I didn't really have any words for like the loss until um, fairly recently. Okay. And in the dynamic between your adoptive parents and yourself, were you the only, um, were you their only child or were you amongst like their children and then you, or was it like, um they bought you in and you kind of like were raised as like an only child so i was i'm the oldest uh so my parents adopted me uh first and i have a younger mm -hmm. brother who is okay. also adopted um and he okay. is also latino uh indigenous hispanic um uh but so like technically like not blood related uh mm -hmm. but it was very much we are like very close we always like that the fact that we weren't, I guess, like quote unquote blood siblings, that never mm -hmm. made a difference to us. And I think it's because oh, sure, sure. how we grew up is like, that's all we've known. We have never known a single person who we could say is actually related to us. Um, my adoption was a closed adoption. So I mm -hmm. didn't really have any access to any um, actual like uh, blood relatives. And then my brother was adopted as like kind of more of a semi-open, but it was more of like my parents' choice to kind of uh, not initiate a whole lot of contact or have that. So I think mm -hmm. for us, because we never knew anything different, it wasn't anything that was strange. Um, but it was definitely, I think we also really supported each other when, because we shared, we were the only people that we knew who shared our yeah. comfortability when we were in like our family gatherings and stuff. Oh, so see, it was very, very nice to like, you know, not only have like a brother, but a brother who could also understand and also kind of like, we don't understand why the adults are necessarily dismissing us. We just mm -hmm. know that we're uncomfortable. 
but as long as we're together, uh, you know, at least we don't have to be alone. That's dope. I think it's, it's cool to have, um, especially being in that environment, especially as a young person to have another person that is like literally in the same household as you that you can lean on right and you guys can build a like a sense of community and camaraderie and understanding mm-hmm. and like i mean tuness in regards to um identifying some of those uncomfortable situations and conversations and feelings and stuff like that so that's that's really cool um that you know you and your brother share you know those same sentiment sentiments um but in regards to like growing up in a you say a very Christian household. Um, did you ever feel an inkling to to want to like investigate like who you were, right? Culturally, um, from a family stand- sense, um, was that an inkling that that you kind of kind of dove into, or was it something that you just always kind of put to the side and just kind of focused on like the present? I think it was definitely something that I always wanted to know. It was kind of like at first, like an unexplainable thing. Like, like why do I feel like there is just something missing? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then just, I think that like in the church that I grew up, there was like, not everyone was just white, but I think because everyone was like, obviously your like faith, religion, like your Christianity is like the utmost important that Mm -hmm. even people who came from, you know, different backgrounds and things like that, they kind of had also like chosen to reject that because it wasn't their, what their priorities, you know, quote unquote should be. Mm -hmm. Um, But it was like, basically it was kind of just like growing up with this longing of something that I didn't even know what it was, but uh, just kind of like an actual like community, a family, um and kind of i guess as a kid and now kind of like grieving the loss of my heritage and you know culture and things like that that i didn't get to experience as a child and um kind of having to fight to discover what it is because of how difficult it can be to kind of discover like where you came from and who you are and who like your first mom or parents and ancestors are and things like that yeah, for sure. And what has that rediscovery been like for you? Like, what has that process been like? Um, um, so I'm definitely still at the beginning. Um, so when I was like leaving uh, the household that I grew up in um, mm-hmm. about six months ago, I kind of like, it's very much a, I was always told that there's like this information, you know, whatever doesn't exist. Cause I had, I asked questions when I was growing up and things like that. Like, you know, like, what do you know about my birth mom? Like, where did I come from? Like, what's the story? And it was very much like, we don't have the information, like all this stuff doesn't exist. And so kind of when I was leaving really like cutting those ties, I was given uh, my essential like part of my file with my mm-hmm. adoption information, with a whole bunch of information that I was basically told my whole life didn't exist. Exist, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so that was really hard to like kind of go through. Um, it was like just again like kind of recognizing like that i was like actually like grieving like this loss of like not knowing who my birth mother was and not knowing who my family was and missing out on um all of those traditions and you know being taught and just feeling a sense of belonging yeah for sure i think um so i've definitely kind of just 
I guess for now, like try to really embrace the fact that I am a person of color and kind mm -hmm. of like what that means for me. Um, and to really start like recognizing the own kind of lies that I've like learned to tell myself because that's kind of like how you're taught to exist. Mm -hmm. um, you know, very gaslit, very much like, oh, it's me who's being too, like too emotional or too sensitive about this and things like that. Um, and like, so moving to Oregon has really helped me get the opportunity to kind of start really being like, no, I can be in this space. Like I can go yeah, seek sure. out like BIPOC spaces and feel comfortable and things like that. For sure. Um, for sure. So yeah. That's, that's really cool. Like you're, you're at the beginning stages of your discovery. Um, and I think that's really cool in the sense that, um, you know, you've, you've, you've had to, I guess, Put on a put on a appearance to survive in the environment that you were in, but now that you're able to like thrive under just freedom of just expression and freedom of thought and freedom of curiosity, like I can see you really taking off and and discovering stuff about yourself and discovering stuff about your heritage and um, all type of stuff that is really going to catapult you, right? So it's almost like I'm excited to see like. Um, you know the the JC that that that's sitting in front of me now, and like compared to like you being year three in Oregon, and who you're going to be, you know what I mean, and the confidence yeah. that you're going to have, and information, and the way you're going to carry yourself. So it's really cool. I think this the you're in the beginning stages, and it's is really exciting, right? I'm sure it's a lot to like try to wrap your head around because it's so much that you know, like you said, you've been kind of lied to, um, and kind of like you said to your point, gaslit on certain issues that you've been curious about. Do you have like what's your relationship now with your adoptive parents? Um, I think right now it's very complicated <laughs> to put yeah. it like simply. Um, and I think it's just me like choosing to take like space for myself. Yeah, um, for sure. And just kind of really trying to discover exactly what that means to me, I guess. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, you know, like with chosen family and like who, you know, has, I feel like right now it's very like chosen family is a really big like theme that we're seeing in a lot of different places, which is really, really positive for a lot of people who have a family that they are related to who have hurt them or who haven't been there growing up. But I think it's put into a very different perspective when you have never had anyone who you're actually like quote unquote related to um mm -hmm. because it kind of a lot of the new rhetoric is like oh it doesn't matter if you're related by blood but as someone who's never known someone that i am related to by blood it i think it does matter and people don't understand that it does because they've never experienced not knowing a single person who they actually are related to um, yeah, sure. So I definitely totally agree with Chosen Family because like my brother, he's my brother 100%, like nothing will ever change that. But yeah, sure. not being able to actually connect with those, uh, like your ancestors and things like that, it leaves like a huge hole. Yeah. And then kind of like, you know, listening to your story and the things that um, you identify with and the things that you've been through. You know, and, and being in the process of like rediscovering culture, rediscovering family, rediscovering heritage, um, and seeking out that information, um, it sounds like you're you're dealing with a lot now. But I can only imagine the 
the impact, the conversation, the trauma that probably had taken place growing up in a very Christian household and also identifying as trans. Like, can you yeah. kind of speak to like that type of that that relationship with your you know super religious parents and then you kind of going through that like what was that experience like i think that honestly like when just like i coming out as trans like that was literally like i was absolutely terrified um yeah. and like honestly, i would, I would like, imagine I, I would imagine so growing up in a christian household yeah and the way you describe your adoptive parents <laughs> I see that being a really big situation yeah, it definitely uh, didn't go well, um, but like is ironically though, um, like I, I guess like currently in this point in time, like I'm definitely still figuring out like where I am gonna fall like with my own spirituality. But mm -hmm. like a few years ago when I was just coming out um, because it was literally all I knew, it was basically like just constantly just like one feeling extremely shameful and guilty and like fear um, not just like over the reaction of the church and my parents, but like, you know, essentially mm -hmm. like, wow, I'm just going to burn for all eternity. Uh, and mm -hmm. I, growing up in the church, um, a lot of times I, I think it's hard for people to imagine because it's like, if you learn about that stuff, even when you're an older child, you will have that brain development, you know, you have that understanding to be able to be like, oh, that's kind of like, oh, that doesn't sound super real. But mm -hmm. growing up in the church, literally since I was a baby and only hearing that, it was very, yeah. very real and still is um, in a sense because it's very hard to kind of like break down because it's like these thoughts come up and you don't have to do anything for them. They're very much an automatic response after a while. Um, essentially, you know, like you're kind of like trained if you grow up in the church to be able to just bring up those feelings of guilt and you know being told like oh well that's the holy spirit convicting you so like that's why yeah. you feel like it's wrong um but i think that's all kind of when i was able to can come out as myself and then actually work to do what I needed to do to continue to make myself comfortable, it did give me the confidence that I needed to kind of begin the next step of my journey, which is kind of right now, as really embracing the other uh, aspects that make my identity and existence. I can only imagine how refreshing it has to be to be in a new space, you know, unimpeded by by the influence of you know the spiritual influence the parental influence the social influence the community influence that you kind of came from now you're in oregon and you're able to kind of like spread your wings a little bit and discover like damn i can fly you know what i'm saying i can fly here i can do this i can do that i can do that so it's really cool to see and it's like very i guess inspirational in a sense that not even in a sense it is inspirational to see like you persevere through that environment you know one and then on top of that, to exhibit the level of boldness, bravery, and to liberate yourself from that environment and now put yourself in a very new, unfamiliar environment um, to allow yourself to grow. It's like pretty, it's pretty prolific. So I definitely like give you a hand um, in regards to your bravery and stepping up and, and just really setting the tone for what's to come for you next. You know what I mean? You could have easily just could have been like, I'm gonna continue to try to fit inside of this box that my my parents have, have, have 
I guess, constructed for me, you know what I'm saying, in the community that I come from has instructed for me because I understand like the, the religious proponent and, you know, the, the hyperbolic, you know, statements and the stuff that we, you know, that's always constantly said in the church to kind of combat certain feelings and certain ideas and certain approaches and um, certain things. It can really mess with you, right? And it can really mess with your development. It can really, you know, alter the way that you see yourself and you're constantly trying to force yourself into a box that you're not made to be in. Um, um, so again, I, I, I admire your bravery in regards to taking all of these, for lack of a better term, shitty situations and these, these, these forcible things on you and you, and you saying, you know what, that's not me. This is who I am. This is where I feel most comfortable. And matter of fact, I'm going to separate myself completely and put myself in an environment that that's new to me. That's when I allow myself to grow. So um what did that transition look like from like separating because it's, it's still fresh six months what was the process like leading up to like coming to Oregon like was it like did you have to do it in secret was it like a something that was like I got a goal board I'm about to knock off these goals to set myself up for Oregon like what did that process look like for you yeah um I mean it was a lot of it in secret but that like I feel like I was so used to doing like things like that and like big mm -hmm. things like that in secret um that that wasn't really the hard part um yeah. i think a lot of it was just like because you like just having those like words like oh like you there you can't do it like if you leave like you're not going to be able to do it on your own you're going to be alone like things like that like it was really hard to like combat those like feelings of self self-doubt and like you know just hearing like past adults and you know people who are supposed to be like mentors and things like that saying those things um but i was like in a job that i actually really loved uh, back in arizona but i was like experiencing a lot of discrimination for being trans for being autistic and mm -hmm. it finally got to the point of um the actual job so i was like i was working in uh, the animal welfare field as an adoption counselor um mm -hmm. And so even though like the higher up uh, managers and things like that were basically not making <laughs> it very fun, I wasn't there for them. You know, I think yeah. like it really helped being in a job where it, I was, it was so easy to recognize, like, I'm not here for myself. Like I don't do this every day because it's easy. Um, and then like kind of being able to build my confidence until I was like, I'm not, going to basically stoop to your level like I don't want to have to like step on people or like throw them under the bus in order to advance here um mm -hmm. but I still want to grow myself and so it was very much a like the first time I ever had a very like bold like extremely bold thought and statement in my mind of I am going to leave not because of the fact that you pushed me down and you defeated me but because I'm going mm -hmm. to be better than not going to be the type of person that you are i'm going to yeah, not so. like sway my own compass my own morals like just so i can be what you think is better in like this society where it's just you make more money and you're on top and you have that title like mm -hmm. i'd rather become the human and the person that i want to become versus trying to fight my way to the top and so i decided that i wasn't going to do it anymore and that was also when i was kind of trying to get out of that unhealthy home environment and so mm -hmm. that's really when i was like you know what 
we're just gonna do it. We're just gonna <laughs> move to Oregon. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so it's just, it kind of all happened very, very quickly. Um, but I was also kind of feeling the confidence because uh, January of this year, I was uh, able to get top surgery, which was mm. amazing. Um, yeah, and I also have to do that. <laughs> <laughs> congrats. Um, and it, yeah, and so um, I had to pay for it, like all myself, because insurance didn't cover it. And I also had to do it in secret. <laughs> so uh, it was very much just like, I thought this was impossible a few years ago. And I just did that. So why can't I do this next step too? Man, your strength, your boldness, your perseverance, your, it's just so many words. It's just like coming to my mind right now to describe your character in all of these moments um it's it's incredible man you're incredible you're incredible like you're incredible from the adoption story to the trans to the moving like it's it's incredible it's incredible um have you been able to find a community where you feel supported or are you still seeking that out so i think i'm slowly building it um Mm -hmm. for the first couple like months living in oregon it was very difficult because mm-hmm. even though I didn't really have a huge like community back in Arizona where I moved from there is a huge like Latino Hispanic and indigenous population and so just like you know existing in certain spaces you didn't feel so exposed um, and so moving to Oregon it was very much like I was very aware of how uncomfortable I felt in spaces or how like just trying to go into the grocery store to get like a gallon of milk and you know mm-hmm. have like a bunch of the like middle-aged white ladies just look at me like I'm going to do something wrong and mm-hmm. really feeling the impact of that yeah. uh, and so that hit like a lot harder than I thought it was going to because one it was like felt like I was just like kind of dirty in a sense um, because of how I was just being perceived for literally just existing Mm-hmm. Uh, and then not really being able to have others who could like really relate and talk through from like an actual like lived perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, but I actually started recently uh, like bouldering or like indoor rock climbing. Um, okay, okay. Because the gym actually here in Corvallis uh, mm-hmm. does uh, BIPOC climb nights. And the very first okay, so time I went. Uh... At Corvallis Climbers of Color? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay. Yeah, so I went, the very first time I went to a BIPOC night, it was like, even though I didn't know anyone, I have a really hard time talking to people in person that I don't know. It was a very weird, like, stepping into a space where you just felt, it just felt completely different. It felt very mm-hmm. supportive, like, just as if I belonged there, I was supposed to be there. And not only was, was everyone, including myself, supposed to be there, but it was like celebrated the fact that we were coming yeah. together. Yeah. Um, and how much easier it was for me to engage with people who I had previously you know, never met or talked to before. Yeah. And within a few minutes, just already really being able to like dive into those deep conversations and really yeah, like- that's one kind of like be able to use like the appropriate humor of mm-hmm. kind of just our existences here yeah yeah also yeah, yeah, being yeah. able to really validate and listen to others experiences and 
not, you know, being afraid that you're going to be dismissed for kind of talking about things that previously you have had always been told, like, oh, well, that's no big deal, or like, uh, like not yeah, yeah. everyone's thinking about you and things like that. Man, that's that's incredible. I think creating space, um, and I kind of talked about this yesterday, pioneering space and creating space um, for like-minded people to kind of commune and kind of like have those moments of like, damn, me too. Like, oh my God, like, you know what I mean? And you just kind of like exchanging stories and, and banter and stuff like that. And it's so like healing and refreshing to the soul. So like shout out to Corvallis Climbers of Color um, I know they put on the bipod climbing night. Is that like once a month or something like that? Uh, it's twice. The first one is the gym right. is still open uh, mm -hmm. to everyone, but it is kind of funny because there have definitely like people walk in who are not people of color and they'll mm -hmm. see that there's like a whole bunch of bipod individuals yeah. and they'll straight up like walk out. Like oh, they'll wow. just like turn around and leave. Um, but yeah. And then the second night of the month is like the special where it's closed to only oh that's uh, dope bipartisan. that's extremely dope so shout out to corvallis corvallis climbers of color and i don't know the name of the company that actually supports all of this but shout shot shot them out as well um hopefully we can get a, a interview with um members of or the leader or the the director or whatever of that particular um climbing organization but it's really cool that you've been able to come to corvallis um and again discover rediscover who you are um and find find a community right or in the process of building that community um that you can kind of confide in and, and, and stuff like that so it's been really cool um i guess wrapping up the interview one of my last questions is it's kind of like a like a deep question so you can take some time to kind of think about it um but what would you say to your younger self like what advice would you have for your younger self if you can go back in time and, and the person that is in front of me today go to that younger person and what would you say to that person um honestly i think like the two words because the first time it was ever told to me was the biggest impact and if i could have heard it sooner i think it would have made a huge difference it's just you're worthy mm. Mm, and that's it yeah i think it's because a lot of times we hear like you're enough mm -hmm. um and we're being worthy without just as you are means so much because it doesn't stop growth because if you're just enough you can kind of stop where you are you know like because like that's good enough um but hearing the fact that like kind of like the come as you are because you are worthy right now yeah, yeah, I like that. Kind of still opening that door to still grow and become better and evolve continuously, uh, I think is like some of the most impactful words and things that I have learned kind of like on this current journey. That's dope. And I might be the title of your podcast ever, so you're worthy, <laughs> you know? So again, I just want to thank you, JC, for um, gracing us with your presence, with your experience, with your story. Um, thank you so much for sharing your time with the platform. Um, I'm super excited to kind of edit this and get this up and upload it and to share with the world. Um, and I'm excited to see um, what comes of it. You know, hopefully people can see this, um, look you up, connect with you. And 
again start building that community right um and it, it might be people who are in your shoes right now like oh my god i am not alone you know what i'm saying on some michael jackson type stuff like it's just like you know you are not alone um so hopefully you're not hopefully i don't believe in hope um but your story will inspire and i'm looking forward to those people that it inspires and again just thank you for for the vulnerability thank you for sharing your story um incredible story again I wrote down words, bravery, confidence, boldness, strength. It's like some of the words that kind of come to mind when I hear, when I heard um, your story. So again, thank you so much for sharing your time with, with the POC Color Reimagine podcast platform. Thank you, I mean, for letting me share it. <laughs> and that is your episode for today. Thank you, JC, for sharing your incredible story. And I'm looking forward to hearing and seeing what you become over time over the years and if you want to be like jc and have your own podcast on our platform it is simple make sure you are following the people of color clothing instagram page at people of color clothing or you can email us at the people of color podcast at gmail.com if you're contacting us via instagram just simply look out for our casting calls sign up through the google doc that is sent to you and it's that simple you, like JC and Ariel, our previous guests, can have your own podcast episode. And I want this platform to be used to elevate your voice and share your experiences. So, again, do not hesitate. No experience needed. I want you to be a part of the podcast if you're listening. And until next time, folks, stay safe. Stay safe.